Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. great um kind of just trying to stay to my game to say uh, you know playing hard and playing fast and simple and you know i was, uh, I was working tonight so it was, it was good to see you know for all the piling on we've done on ryan mcleod's game fitting that he gets to start off the podcast tonight great performance from number 71 couple of goals and both meaningful goals elevated up the lineup mcleod with a big performance in a comeback oiler victory in Jersey. Welcome to Got Your Back, brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC. They had that big, massive Black Friday event and showed why they are the number one GMC volume dealership in Canada. They got an extensive lineup of new, used, pre-owned vehicles ready to find a home today, and they want to show you why they are number one. Mention that Got Your Back sent you when you go down to the dealership, and you will get specialized pricing as a bonus. You'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on a new or used vehicle, visit Phil and the crew in Sherwood Park or online at www.gmcpod.com. Coming to you from the Long Shot Studio here in Sherwood Park. Remember, Long Shots has the park's cheapest 20-ounce pints. Great place to go and check out the game here in Sherwood Park. As we say hello to Jason Strudwick, and I believe coming to us right from between the benches tonight for ESPN to the telephone. So we're going to get right to our breakdown by Adrenaline Diesel. Uh, Razor, we got you, pal. Ray Ferraro joining us. Yeah, I'm here. We're uh, When you're talking about that 20-ounce pint, I'm thinking <laughs> the end of this call, that's going to be waiting. <laughs> Why am I on the phone with you, Ryan, when there's a 20-ounce pint waiting for me? Yeah, that was the next part. That was the next part. <laughs> uh, well, Ray, listen, I know it's a busy night for you, and it's a long trip out there, so we're not going to keep you for a ton of time. We're just going to dive right into this. Tell me, did much change in the third period, or did it just start going in for them? Like, What did you sense between the benches in that pretty pretty pivotal uh, switch from the second to the third period, buddy? Well, it was, it was kind of odd that, you know, in the, in the last two periods, the Oilers gave up 14 shots. Like, they, they didn't give up much. They gave up two goals and six shots in the, uh, in the second period. And even at times when they scrambled around a little bit, um, they, they, you know, they didn't really, they weren't really in a lot of danger. In the third period, um, I thought it was pretty interesting that uh, they start the third period and Kane's playing with, with Derek Ryan. Mm-hmm. And so instantly you can see, okay, if he's playing air, who's coming out next and then what order. And, um, you know, so I, th- I thought McDavid, Nugent Hopkins and Hyman could have had 10 goals tonight. Like they were yeah. all over it. And I-, I-, I said in the game here, like it's hard to try and describe how impossible it is to do what McDavid did on his goal. Like to stand there with all that chaos in front of you and know that you just got to wait. 
and I'm going to take one step to the left. Well, most of us would have fired it right into the back of that guy lying on the ice. And he just kind of waits around him. And now it's three, two. You could, I'm telling you guys, you could see the oiler bench. Like they, they, if it's possible to see everybody get on their toes, like they were ready to go, like they were excited. And then Kevin Ball makes a turnover and dry sidle. We had just said, you know, hasn't had any impact on the game. I like that Ryan McLeod got moved to that line because he, he skated really well tonight. And, you know, they turn the puck over, it's in the net. And then Adam Ernie gets in for the first time in a long time and he scores and the game's over. Like it was, it was so fast the way that that all turned. Minute and ten, what is nine or ten seconds and the game was over. And it, it was, it was pretty impressive for everything that the Oilers didn't do in New or in New York at the on the island. You know, they didn't have much traffic. They didn't have any second shots. They got those tonight. I, I you know, I mean, if you look at their at their goals, they all came from, you know, from a, a pretty close proximity to the goal. Uh, hey guys, Jason Strudwick here. I'll jump in and just introduce myself <laughs> Welcome to, to oh, the hey, podcast. Welcome. Up. Yeah, hey guys, up. I'm here too. I'm here too. Uh, Have you got your footy pajamas great... on? Yeah, I've got I've got my Oilers pajamas on. <laughs> um, you got to get your elbows up to get into this pod, oh, Strudy. Come on, buddy, oh, jump not... in here. You, you got heavy hitters happening. Not not too high with you guys. Um, no, you know what? It's interesting because I I. I'm with I'm with Razor. When when I saw Kane on that 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 line to start the third, I'm like, oh, are they putting the big guys together? Yeah. And I'm glad that he resisted that temptation temptation. He, he being Chris Knobloch, but he kind of changed it up. And you know, moving McLeod onto the wing on that side that gives a lot of speed and size to Leon. You know, and, and it's clear that right now Leon, you know, Nugent Hopkins seems to be the guy that helps. I mean, McDavid does what he does, but he seems to help Leon. So Ray, when when you're when you're a guy like Leon Dreisaitl, and maybe you don't have the the guy like a, a facilitator like you have with with Nugent Hopkins, and you're not going to play him with McDavid. You know, does does, does two speedy guys like McLeod and um, and Fogel make a lot of sense? And and size too. Don't forget those guys are big guys. Well, I I would say so because they would be able to open the ice um, with their speed, and for whatever reason, um, you know, Keynes. I think that's one goal in nine games now for him. But I actually thought there were, I don't know, four or five times when Kane skated really well tonight. And the mm -hmm. more he skates, the better suited he's going to be there. Of course, that's, sure. that's where they um, – but McLeod was going tonight. Like some nights it's just, it's just there for him. Like, so let's, let's look like at the, at the start of the game, McLeod scored two goals this year, one into an empty net scored on a goalie one more time than us three guys this year. Like, just think of what he's going <laughs> to feel like tomorrow going into oh, yeah. the game in New York. I don't know that – I don't know that's a long-term solution. I don't know if that's even a solution into tomorrow's game because you're going to need to play four lines against a really deep Ranger team that mostly plays four lines. So you'll probably need McLeod back in the middle tomorrow. Um, you know, Sam Gagne didn't return uh, after he took the RNA stick in the mouth. And, um, you know, hopefully he was just getting stitched up. And um, Because if, you know, if, if he's 
if he's not able to play and Derek Ryan got hurt on his last shift, like in the last minute of the game, came yeah. back to the bench, he was he was in a looked like a lot of pain. Like all of a sudden they're down a forward. Right? Yeah. Like that that would be something to be concerned about for tomorrow. But the speed and the size maybe opens up some space for dry sidle, but all of a sudden he's got two goals in two games. And you know the way guys that score are. Once once they start getting a little bit, they start feeling pretty good about their game. One more here, Ray, and then we'll let you get to that pint. Um, I got you here on the local podcast, so I do have to ask you an overarching thought on the Oilers for the fans that are – we're live streaming here, so for the fans that are on the stream and the people listening to the podcast <laughs> – how, how good is this team, Ray? They have shown two very different sides, and Oiler fans were really hoping after that eight-game winning streak that the team that finished last year was back. You've been covering them here the last number of games. you got another one tomorrow. How good are they? Have you figured it out yet? No, I haven't, and it feels a little bit like they're you know trying to put a Band-Aid on a problem, and then another one pops up, and they got another Band-Aid over here. Two things I think they need. They've got to they got to figure out the goaltending and make a decision one way or the other. Can Stu Skinner play three out of every four games? Mm-hmm. Can he do that? And if he can't, then they got to find someone. If he can, maybe they can buy a little more time, um, you know, without falling behind the pack. they got a bunch of games in hand on the teams that are in front of them. The other problem for me when I look at them, it's the middle nine or the, the middle six of their lineup excluding the Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Hyman line, that middle six is is nowhere near good enough. Like, they're at least one guy short there. Um, yeah. Now, McLeod getting two goals all of a sudden, it, it's weird how uh, a projection happens. He had 11 goals last year. I think most people thought 12 to 15 would be a decent number for him. So he's got four in 30 games. If he doubles that, that's 8 and 60. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he's kind of near 10, 11 goals again. But that's the that's the life of a, a goal scorer of, of that kind. Fogel's 1 and 24. Dryside will need somebody to play with. And so while there's a lot of talk always about their defense, I think goal and forward are two positions they have to address before you can say they're going to be a consistent team. Otherwise, I think it's going to be all over the map. Like it's been, you know, they'll tease you with five, six, seven good games in a row. And then, you know, the guys will dry up and yeah, you lose two or three in a row. And then basically you get nowhere. And that, that's the concern for me. Good stuff, Ray. Listen, pal, we really appreciate you hopping on uh, after doing a game. And uh, we're going to let you buck here. Uh, you're not done with me for the holiday season, though. We're up early tomorrow taping a Ray and Dreg, so I'll talk to you first thing tomorrow morning, but you and Struddy can say your Merry Christmases. Well, I got to first off, Ryan, nothing excites me more. Uh, you know, I'll get to talk to you tomorrow morning again. I just I just can't wait. Um, that'll be great. And uh, Struddy, Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope you and your crew have a good one. I hope Santa's good, and, uh, you know, maybe you can get something to help for Shog. Uh, work on those feathers for christmas oh. <laughs> come on ray you making hair you taking hair shots at me buddy. yeah it's, it's, i when you when you got hair Get like mine here. you can make fun of other people's because it's ridiculous 
Yeah. Well, you should know I'm six foot two, Ray. You should know oh, that. Geez. Six foot two. Five doesn't believe me. <laughs> you know what? Like my younger son just passed me in height the other day, and I said, "Geez, it must pump you up that you're almost six feet." He's like, "Why? You're nowhere near six feet." <laughs> that was a long time ago. He passed you. Oh, uh, good stuff, Ray. Hey, enjoy the rest there, of your trip Friday. to New York. Have a good Christmas, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy the rest of your trip uh, to New York. Yeah, and and by the way. Yeah, you too, buddy. And by the way, our thoughts are with you guys and the Granado family uh, through the holiday times, my friend. Hey, thank you, Ryan. I really, really appreciate it. We're uh, we're just trying to support Tony here, and uh, he's an amazing guy. He's a fighter, and I, I got to tell you, Paul Coffey came out of the locker room today before the game. Nice. I was standing there waiting to talk to Chris Knobloch, and he came out to you know pass wishes on to Tony. Said he just talked to him the other day, and I just. It really kind of warms my heart to know how how many people are thinking of Tony, and uh, thank you very much. You bet, pal. We'll chat first thing in the morning, bright and early, buds. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> See you guys. All right. Ray Ferraro from ESPN and the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. And for those of you who, who don't know, Ray is married to Cami Granato, who is the brother of Tony Granato, who, as we know, um, just previously – uh, made public that he's going through a battle right now with cancer. So our thoughts certainly with that entire family. Love having Ray Ferraro on the pod. Anytime you can get Ray breaking down an order game study, that's just good. Yeah. Do you ever notice though, like this is how I feel. Like I feel like when it's you and me, you treat me kind of like a, like an eight out of 10, like a pretty good looking girl. Yeah. But then all of a sudden Cindy Crawford walks in yeah. and you just push me, you like push yeah. me out of the way. And you're like, oh my God, it's whoever. Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford, not Cindy Crosby. And then all of a sudden it's back to you and me. You're like, oh, yeah. and, and we got this guy again. Like, and I just can't guy. be your standby. I just can't be the standby. Zuby, I know, Shuds. You know I'm right. Zuby, I, I did kind of, I was negligent at the beginning there. I just flat out ignored him. Like, what were we, about four minutes, Zuby, before Strud said a word tonight? No longer than that, I think. <laughs> I had two darts, two darts fully smoked before you, you came to right. me. <laughs> oh man, I totally panicked because we like technically we weren't Panic. sure we're gonna have Ray, aren't we? He's limited in for time, so yeah. yeah. In fair, and in fairness to Ray, he might not have known. He might not have even known Stretz was there. He can't see us. Yeah, yeah, and well, I never said Stretz's name. Shogger doesn't tell him. Shogger doesn't tell him I'm here. <laughs> Sorry, he, no. he just waits for like red flag. He just it's waits for you to break a very awkward silence. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got more of this game to break down. So let's yeah, get to good. the rest of our breakdown brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel. They specialize in heavy-duty truck and trailer repair, performance tuning, parts, and sales. They have seven gigantic bays. There's not much they can't figure out for you. Marty and his crew have extremely high standards. They'll leave your truck in great shape like it is right out of the factory. Go to Adrenaline diesel.ca we are live streaming tonight on twitter and on youtube in our ask us anything segment we see lots of great questions coming in on the stream right now we appreciate those zuby behind the scenes will be gathering them we got struds world uh, Struddy's world we've got takeaways um take a lap the full pod is on the way uh let's reboot a little bit here struds ray made some great points um i want to go back to ryan mcleod here because we've talked a lot about him on this podcast in a negative light based on his performance so far this year but you could tell really early on in this game that there was a different level of engagement now i think he only finished with one hit on the books but i'm telling you i uh, just let me double check that i noticed that he was looking for them he he was at least thinking about it and leaning on people he was skating fast and had some intention in his game and to me he showed up and looked like he was ready 
just to compete tonight, Struds, and he did. Well, I want to go to his second goal. Um, the first one is a great play by Sam Gagne, just wildly play, right? But the second goal he scored, he puts pressure on Luke Hughes, uses his speed to put pressure. And Luke was, you know, he's a young D-man. When you feel pressure, sometimes, you know, it doesn't always go your way, and he, he isn't able to handle that puck. And all of a sudden, now Ryan gets a, a free look at the net, right? It mm -hmm. kind of has... You know, Ray talked a little bit about the patience from 97. I thought McLeod um, showed a lot of patience there as well as he went around. But really when you good. use your speed and get in there, and and you do, you do. I, I'll still, I'll stand with you. You need to finish checks sometimes. But when you're coming at a guy with a lot of speed before a D man's ready, you're making him a little bit jumpy. And mm -hmm. um, that that was a case of Luke who's being jumpy. Luke had a tough night tonight, right? I think he was on for at least three goals against. Um, so, but that, I like that, and that's what. McLeod, when he's playing, he is making other defensemen jumpy because he skates so hard in on the forecheck. Does have to finish a few more checks, but that's what happens. So when I've been complaining about Ryan McLeod and his lack of physicality, it's not because I think that by playing physical, Ryan McLeod is going to be able to shift the tempo of a game. That's not it at all. It's less about the impact that's going to have on the game. He'll throw a couple hits a game. It's more about what it does to his own game struts. The difference in a player when he goes out there with the intention of looking to be physical, that's forcing yourself into the fight, making right. the choice to be in the competition. And to me, that's what's been lacking in his game this year. So it's not about thinking he is going to sway the game with his physicality. It's about the headspace he needs to spend more time in. And he was there tonight. Let me ask you this. He played like a guy who is either told or thought, you know, Connor Brown sitting out tonight easily could have been you. I'm not saying Chris Knobloch would have told him that. Maybe could have, but you have to think McLeod took notice. Oh, you would. I mean, you're in similar positions. You know, you're you're a guy that is you know when you're not contributing what you need to be doing. And and the middle six has been a conversation. You know, Ray just talked about it. So it's a conversation mm -hmm. for everybody because that top line is just absolutely on fire. One of the best league, what best in the league. And now, you know, Ryan McLeod, they need him to be a strong third-line center. And, you know, internal growth. That's the guy. That's the guy we're looking at. Him, I think Bouchard's taking the growth. Skinner isn't, you know, is is probably just staying where he's at. But you need that internal growth. And man, do they need this guy to get get going? And be able to push the pace with his line, and I love that they're starting. Like they, they started him yeah. uh, in that game. Uh, Second I think, period again, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good, a good thing. It's a good thing for him because it 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 puts the pressure on you to say I got to deliver, and you know what's coming, and they tell you, okay, I got I got to get out there and be ready to go. So yeah, I mean, he's a guy that they he he you know now he's got a couple goals before Christmas. That's great, but he's got to keep building on that and keep pushing the pace. It's not just about the scoring. Nusty Dielson says the professionals were talking struds. When they get to the banana bread hot takes, you'll get your intro. <laughs> That's a solid shot. That's Nusty pretty good. Dielson. Yeah, that I'll is give you credit. The adults are talking. Yeah, the adults are talking. Um, we'll talk a little bit in the next segment about line combinations for tomorrow, but I'll float this one there to you. Could Ryan McLeod as a winger make some sense right now just given given the where his game is at and that he struggled a little bit of a simpler game skating in straight lines like does, does it make some sense to help him get out of this funk by continuing to play him on the wing well it doesn't it's not just one nothing is just done on its own so i believe there's three parts to this one 
if you're moving McLeod, does it help his game? Make it easier on the wing. Is he able to kind of find that that drive uh, going to the net? All those things we talk about. Does he find it there? Two, he's going to probably play off Leon. Does it help Leon? Is it does it make Leon a more complete player? And three, who becomes the center on that third line? And you know, Derek Ryan, I think he's a very efficient player. At right now in this stage, I don't see him as a third line center. Mm. Can he fill in? Yeah, he can fill in for sure. He's not, buddy. So you're. He's not but well, feel like he can center. fill in for a game, right? Anyone no. can fill in for a game and you're going to play your minutes. But so who then becomes that third line center? And I'm looking through the lines. Matias Janmark can play center. Okay. Then I guess then Jan. So then it's Janmark with who would be Janmark with Ryan and Kane. Is that your third line? Yeah. It feels a little disjointed. That feels like, okay, we're not sure to put everybody. Let's just put you on this line. <laughs> sure. And we're going to hope it works out, right? Like that's yeah. not a Dylan Holloway a has played some center too. He can play, he can play the position, yeah. though. I, I coming back off injury, I wouldn't start him in the middle. That's I'd be starting him on the wing. Yeah. Tall yeah, order. In the new year. So yeah, you got to be careful. Like there's just yeah, I'd like to see. I think McLeod on the wing every now and then is a good thing. But yeah, there's those three other or two other pieces that are important to figure out. Okay, uh, lots to get to still uh, in our next segment. We're going to get to the job that the coach did tonight. We're going to get to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We're going to get to the goaltending and uh, whatever other thoughts you have on the game, Struddy. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about Olivier Rodrigue, who's down in the minors right now playing real well. Uh, so lots more to come on the podcast. That's coming up in our next segment. A reminder that Struddy's appearance, uh, actually Ray Ferraro's appearance on the podcast tonight as our headliner was brought to you by Kinprint. You can't even get the sponsor read, Struds. Helping you push your business brand to the next level, visit kinprint.ca. If you're a new business, they can help you out with some branding, some logo design. Kevin and the family company, the family crew over at Kinprint will uh, help you out with whatever you need, whether it's just some apparel, whether it's a little bit of help with some marketing, logo design, they're able to do it all. Okay, when we come back, we're going to continue to dig into this game in our takeaway segment, Short Break here. Hey, everyone. It's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. Christmas is just around the corner, and we've got everything you need for the athlete and sports fan on your list. With over 30 different sports under one roof, including hockey, bikes, ball, and our amazing fan shop, United is your one-stop shop for everything sport. Don't know what to buy? A United gift card is always a fan favorite. United Sport and Cycle, your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing, or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca.
You're muted there, Chief. Time now for takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. And over at Martin Motorsports, the message is all 2023 boats must go. It's clearing out their boat inventory to make room for their new models. So you can shop Supra and Moomba tow boats, Berkshire, South Bay and Trifecta pontoons, Crestliner fishing boats at clearance pricing at Martin Motorsports, West Edmonton. Stop by for a quote today and make sure you say hello from us and tell them that Got Your Back sent you. Uh, Struds, let's dive into the job that Chris Knobloch did here. First and foremost, some accountability in a scratching of a regular forward in Connor Brown. And then what I think was some eh, somewhat bold and nice touch with some line combinations in between the second and third period on a night where things weren't going terribly for his group and it was a one-goal game. He felt like he needed to make some moves. Evander Kane nudged down. There's a statement there. I feel like this is pretty nice touch here from the head coach. Well, first off, the Connor Brown, I think the last game, you, you look at the two power play goals against or penalty kill goals, I, I do think that he was involved in those. And that's kind of been his calling card to keep him in the lineup. Um, and then he decides, hey, I'm not going to play him. I'm going to sit this guy out and just let him know that, you know, it, it is a punishment, but it's also just like, hey, we need more out of you. And you don't have to yell at a player. They know. When you're sitting out, you know what what it's not. This isn't numbers. It's not like they were dying to get Adam Ernie in there, although Adam played well tonight. This is a, a statement saying, this is, we expect more out of you. You're going to sit for a bit. Quite honestly, if there's no injuries, I would not change the lineup, and I would sit Connor Brown again. Seriously, you would. so you would have sat him again if, if Gagne yes. maybe wasn't out or even Derek 100%. Ryan. Really, on back-to-backs when you got a chance to get motivated, yeah. fresh legs in. This is why you want him to understand that there that no one's above it, right? Not that he's been got a bad attitude or anything like that, but the winning lineup, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Changing a winning lineup pisses people off in that bottom of the lineup. What what do I have to do to, 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 to stay in this lineup? We just won. I was part of a winning lineup, and now you're pulling me out. Like I it really I hate the message that sends to the bottom of your lineup. The guys at the top lineup, they don't care, right? Your top four D, your top <clears throat> let's call it eight, nine forwards. But you get down to the bottom, they do care because that's a wrong message. So if they're ready to go, I would sit Connor Brown again tomorrow night. Now your second point. After the second period, I'm sitting there thinking, and I remember saying this actually out loud, you know, they're doing everything except winning this game, right? They've played well. They're they're getting shots. They're doing a lot of things, right? Haven't taken a penalty. I think we made note of that. There was no penalties tonight for the Oilers. Um, and then he comes out and I see the lineup right away. I'm like, Ooh, what's what going on? Up? Yeah. This yeah. is a surprise. And especially the kind of the line they had out there. So I was surprised. And then, like I said earlier, I thought for sure they're coming back. The big guys together. They didn't move McLeod to the wing. Like that is, it's a risky play because things weren't going bad. They weren't going great, but they weren't going bad. And I like that. This is a subtle tweak. Didn't break up the big line. And he's rewarded with three quick goals. Boom. Game over. Let's get back to Manhattan, ready for the garden tomorrow. Your thoughts on Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Connor McDavid tonight? Yeah, they're flying. I mean, these two guys, they're just, and I don't think we can discount what Hyman does. He does mm-hmm. a lot of gritty work, and not that those two aren't, but they were absolutely flying all over the ice, um, you know, especially early. I thought they were, you know, obviously the most dominant line for the Oilers, extended shifts in the offensive zone. And I would like to see that more from Leon Drysaddle's line. I know that wasn't the question, but 
We haven't seen as many long extended shifts where you're just grinding the other team down. And you might not score, but you just grind them down. Maybe get a penalty called or set the table for the next group. But those three guys, and I have to include Hyman in there, those three guys are playing so well together and moving the puck quickly. When you move it quickly, it's really hard for a defensive group to react because you're just you're thinking about his play and then he's already moved the puck to someone else. Now you're reacting to the play that just happened. Well, he's already on to the next play. So yeah. I, I think those three guys were just a handful tonight. I mean, David was something, boy. He he was just going. And some of the skills that he was making at high speed, I think about that one-handed take of the pass and then right. still scrambling to grab the puck and still makes a play and draws a penalty. Just some incredibly high-skill stuff. Like, nobody else can do that stuff that McDavid does. Not at speed. Not at speed like that, right? No. Body control with your feet moving. It's, it is... That is elite of the elite. <laughs> Let's get to the Weiss Johnson soundbox because I want to hear not one but two clips from Connor McDavid. And remember that it might be chilly out now, but you'll be a hero when the first day of that summer heat arrives. Air conditioning, it's the gift that keeps on giving. A new unit installed by the pros from Weiss Johnson. You can order now and save with their festive December special. 25% off any in-stock air, in air conditioners. For details, check out wjcools.com. Here's Connor. Yeah, I mean, I've liked a lot of aspects of our game. I feel like we've had lots of chances. Um, you know, we've just been finding ways to lose games. Um, you know, I thought we did that on the island. Um, we did that against Tampa. You know, the Florida game's kind of a write-off, so... Um, you know, I thought we responded well tonight, obviously in a tough spot, down one, heading into the third period. But I thought there was great resilience, like you said, and, um, you know, the boys stuck with it. Now, a little bit more specific on what clicked in that third period. Just wanted to get pucks there. We felt there was a lot of pucks laying around the net, and um, we needed uh, – sometimes you just need a bounce. And we got one there early, and, and uh, you know, obviously Leo makes a special play there. Um, not a lot of guys can make, and, you know, bigger and chips in with uh, with another big one, you know, a couple seconds later. So it's a big stretch of the game. Um, you know, that turned it uh, in our favor for sure. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was all over it too tonight. You know, when he really wants to affect a game struds, like he he can, man. When he turns it up, it's subtle, but he can do so many little things in all three zones. It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, his is different though than McDavid, right? It's not oh, pure totally. speed. It's not a bomb of a shot like we see from Leon. It's it's a a very cerebral game he plays, right? He gets in the right place. He knows how to support the puck and he knows how to get the puck to, to town, to other, to other talented players. Um, you know what though? I, what I liked and I heard a number of the guys talk after the game, they all said the message after second period is don't change a thing, right? Just keep yeah. playing your game. And I think that that is something that's really important for this group. They don't get impatient. Oh man, it's not working. You no, know, we're up two nothing down. We're down three, two, but we are carrying most of the play here. And then I'll send, you know, oh, we'll take a risk, goal, take a risk, goal. Well, they didn't do that. They kept playing the right way. And the right way is a cliche, but we saw the right way in the third period from the Oilers. And they need to do that. That has to be the staple of their game. Playing good, or sorry, winning, losing, you keep playing the same way. Chris Knobloch clarified the situation with Adam Ernie after the game tonight because November 28th was the last time this guy played. Oof, long time. That is a long time. And he said, look, we wanted to get him in earlier, but a couple of things happened. Team went on a winning streak. And then Adam got sick. So I think they were ready to bring him in when the losing streak was over, uh, but Ernie wasn't necessarily available then because of an illness. So either way, Struds, he's had to sit around and wait a long time. This was a guy that wasn't sure what his lot in life would be this year, came in, 
on the PTO, didn't know what it was going to look like, was forced to wait deep into camp, deep into exhibition season, wait, 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 and got his chance. And so he's no stranger to waiting, but how hard would it be to do what he had to do and sit and wait all that time? And I guess all the more impressive what he what he did when he came in tonight. Yeah, so I've, I think my record is 10 games I sat out. That's a long time. That in yeah. the NHL world, like that's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of, you know, practicing, working out, and your number is still out the bottom, still out the bottom. And it's hard. And you start getting really pissed off. Right? Were there losses mixed in there? Oh, yeah, there was just a, it was a mess. Yeah, it yeah. was. And I remember by the end, I was in Chicago and I just sat in the steam room the whole game. I didn't want to work out anymore. I'd work out in the morning. I was supposed to ride the bike. I'd just sit in the steam room and I was just so mad, right? Um, but you got to be ready because you are going to get a chance. You have to believe you will get a chance. And this guy makes the most of every opportunity that he, he gets in the game. Uh, he, he finishes hits. He knows his job. He's a little ball of hate. He gets under, finishes hits. Uh, creates a nice goal today. I'm not sure what was going on with that save try. Um, yeah. But I mean, that was a, a really, really bad play, but who cares? That's not his fault. He made the most of it. Uh, yeah. That was a really tough play there. But I, I, he makes the most of his opportunities, and that's what you want from your 13th forward. And you get in, make a difference. So I, it feels sick to pull you out of the game. Yeah, 100%. Zuby, Goaltenders Union can chime in here. What did you think of the move Ernie made? And there's some chatter going on in the on the live stream about whether the goaltender should have had that or not. What say you, Zubes? Well, it's not even that he necessarily should have had it. It's that he played it poorly. If you end up in the corner, you you screwed up. You know, like, because even, even if you believe his momentum is that he's going to try to tuck it short side or go around the net. You can't lose that post. He slid right by the post yeah. and gave it up. It's still, a, it's still a really nice move by Ernie to, to cut it back in, but he lost that post. So he had nothing to push back off of to get back across on that side. He's sliding the wrong way. So it's a nice move by Ernie, but it's a big mistake by Vanacek. And actually I happened to be watching the ESPN feed and Ray, Ray was, they were all over Vanacek for that one too. It oh, was, were they? They let it, into him pretty good. It's a, he lost the net. He lo he lost the yeah. net on the one McDavid score. I mean, no, I know McDavid toyed with him, but he was losing his net. That's what I said last. I played last night. And I'm 46 years old and not feeling very well, and I lost my net on rebounds and scrambles a couple times. And that's what Vanacek looked like a little bit on the McLeod, on McLeod's second goal as well. How about uh, how about Ruff's instincts ready to pull his tender after two goals? Were you thinking the same thing I was? I was like, whoa, that was fast, but it, was it worked. His team got back into yeah. it. I think that he felt if they scored again, it was over, right? Yeah. So I think I don't know if it was so much for his netminders play his as team. for just to shock the team. Um, I, I would guess it'd be more of a shock in the team because if if the orders they were rolling, what were the shots like seven one or something like that? Yeah. Um, and then if they score again, boom, three nothing. They, we already saw this show. We saw this show in Edmonton what ten days ago, right? So it's done. So he, he, it's a good touch. Puts the other goalie in. The Devils get back into it. Um, you know, the notice get that power play kind of, was it late in the first or late in the second? And I was thinking, okay, they're, they're going to get one here. And they didn't on either one. And that, that was, you know, I was like, Ooh, is that going to bite them? Right. But they found a way to get it done. Uh, but yeah, I like that touch by actually both coaches had some nice touches tonight. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I thought Chris Knobloch did a, get a, did a good job with his group. And I like the accountability that we're seeing given his decision-making, accountability for, say, Evander Kane for having a night where he struggled a little bit, accountability for Connor Brown for a lack of production. Everybody sees Ryan McLeod get bounced up. Those are healthy messages 
that the entire lineup sees and understands what they mean. Those are healthy messages for him to be sending. Uh, let's talk goaltending before we wrap up this segment. Calvin Pickard, 4-0 versus the Devils. He's got their number. So if it's the Oilers and the Devils in the Stanley Cup final, you know what that'll look like. But he's 2-2-0 this year, Struds, or 2-2. Two two. Um, I don't know, pretty solid performance. What say you on this tandem in this moment here and now? Well, it's not enough. For a Stanley Cup championship, it's not enough. Um, because right now your third goalie, I don't know who it is, and that makes me really nervous as well, right? So you're going to have an injury, and who's the guy you're calling up? Well, it's going to be a, Olivier Rodrigue. Right. A and we'll, get, and we'll get there in a minute. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do worry about it, but it's just not enough. That being said, I do believe you have to play both of them so that Skinner doesn't get overused. But to if I'm if 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 the goal is Stanley Cup championships and going deep in the playoffs, this tandem isn't enough. I'll give uh, Pickard some credit. I heard him doing a radio interview after the game. He said, ah, "I didn't love my game. <laughs> like he was honest. He didn't like some of his rebounds, yeah. but but he got the win, and that's important. Lots of questions on the stream." about Olivier Rodrigue playing in the minors. I'm just going to grab his stats line here real quick. So he's played seven games this year, Struds. I think he's right around the 60-game mark in the AHL, give or take. Yeah. 23 years old, 938 save percentage, 2.14 goals against average. I mean, those are pretty good numbers. He's not new, but he's still in his, you know, he's still just getting going in the American Hockey League. So people wonder, after the break, maybe after Christmas, is that something that you consider given the order's struggles in net? Do you bring this guy up and get him exposed to this mess? Uh, well, the mess isn't as dirty as it was, you know, a month ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, it's improved a lot. But, but I would I, say the topic of goaltending in Edmonton, generally speaking, oh, is a mess, and okay. there's very little room for things to go poorly before the weight of the world comes crashing down on you. That's the mess yeah. I speak of. Oh, I, okay. I thought you were talking about the team in general. But no, no. the team has kind of got things. The goaltending narrative, Sitch. Yeah. So, then, so yes, I, I would have brought him up earlier, quite frankly. I would have brought him up earlier. Really? Uh, giving him a chance. When? Well, you know, well, did you did you know that Calvin Pickard was going to be the solution, right? I, I don't I don't I don't know that we don't know he has not been previously in his career a long term solution. So we know that. But development um, has, isn't a concern on Pickard. It's a huge concern on Rodrigue. Right. Well, development, but you know he might be he could be helpful, right? If he comes up and can play pretty well, that's that's helpful to know because we don't know right now. But the, the team wasn't that, playing well. Massive mistakes constantly. Yeah. Goaltending right. was a huge focus. He'd never right. been exposed to the league before. I feel like he could have got Samarukov'd, if you remember that. He could have, yeah. He might have, you know. But did you know Calvin Pickard was going to be the answer? I didn't know it. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't. And he I don't know yeah. he's a long-term answer, but he's a short-term answer for sure. And he don't may grow into it. you got to be careful with him, though? Like, be, just be careful with this kid. Don't. Confidence okay, so, in goal, goalies, it just feels so tenuous. Like, don't mess with the I, confidence. I understand what you're saying, but when you are desperate as the Oilers are for a netminder, yeah. do you have the luxury of being patient with that player? I think we all, all know the answer. Who is the backup goalie for the Oilers? If, you're, if the Stanley Cup starts tomorrow, Calvin Pickard's your guy. It's not Campbell, and it's not Rodrigue, because you don't know. You don't know. 
So I would, yes, I would bring him up. I would let him have a chance and just see what he looks like. Interesting. And and my thought on this changes a little bit in this moment than what you're suggesting three weeks ago or four weeks ago they should have considered. I I said it at the time, that was no place for a guy to come up and get his beak wet in the National Hockey League. A young goaltender that has some promise, you have some hope for. I think it could have been disastrous for him, and I, I would I, I agree with their decision to keep him away. But as he continues to rattle off wins, one again last night, you know, continues to play well. And I did a little nosing around the organization today to get a bit of a sense of things. And, you know, people close to it will say, yeah, he's been good for a long time, you know, even beyond what the numbers would show. And he's got really good numbers. So they really feel good about this young goalie. And had Pickard not done this tonight, had he lost this game or played poorly, I wouldn't have been surprised at all to see Rodrigue recalled for when the team regroups after the Christmas break. Now, with this win, I'm not so sure, Struds. And that's fair. And I, I get that. Um, I guess I, I'm i looking for internal solutions to this goalie situation. Because let's say, God forbid, one of these two guys gets hurt. Are you calling Campbell up? Like, there's no chance. No, you're there's calling no. Rodrigue up. Because that's, because that's what happens. That's the natural yeah. progression of things, and you have to do what you have to do. They had a choice, right? They had a choice between Pickard and Rodrigue. But in a non-pressure situation, I'd rather feed my goalie his first start rather than come up and say, buddy, our other goalie's out for four weeks. We need you to play half the games between now and uh, the end of January, right? Like, But, the, you know what? Let's see what goes tomorrow. If the Oilers can get two points out of it, you know, again, now they're they're slowly climbing up those 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 up the point totals. But I I don't know. I I I'd like to find out because they need another goalie, and I don't even know that if Rodriguez plays really well, that's enough. Skinner and Rodriguez and Pickard uh, for the for the run. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I I I can't tell you because I don't know what he yeah. looks like. Some great action on the stream here on this one. Some stranger says, give Rodrigo a look and find out. Uh, the Dr. Carpy says, agree, Struddy. That was on your point on him having to come up. Uh, Melvin Klein-Sasser says, hi, guys. Love the show. Trucking and listening. Drive safe, uh, Melvin. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Tito says, I'd call him up and play him. Need to know what you have. You didn't do it with Skinner. We didn't know what he could do and ended up with the Campbell. That's not a bad point. Had the orders had a bigger book on Stuart Skinner, maybe they would. Nah, nah. They needed to go get a goaltender at that point in time. Leave Rodrigue alone, says Freezer Bag. Let him be the starter down there. Um, like the numbers that he's put up on the same team that Jack Campbell's put up. It's the same team. 938 save percentage, Campbell's at 888. On the same team playing behind the same defense. So I think we might be getting into that window where his experience level versus the oiler need. I think if Pickard falls off a little bit, I think you make a great point, Struds, in that you might as well get a bit of a look at what you've got in case you do need him for something significant down the road. But I mean, that's assuming the Oilers have this goaltending roster heading into the playoffs and a change isn't made. Yeah, it's it's there, it's it's very difficult. This this goaltending situation is a mess, and I didn't think it was going to be that into the season. It is a it is really complicated and messy, and um, not necessarily that's not a reflection of the guys playing the NHL right now. It's just a very messy, 
tough situation to get out of. All right, three great segments still to come. Ask us anything where we'll get to your thoughts on the YouTube stream. Um, Strutty's World, almost forgot. And uh, coming up next, we will take a lap. Stay with us. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefineHealth.com. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports. Offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, and now ice hockey. For all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off, like Strutty. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. All right, time now to take a lap. Brought to you by our good friends at Backscape, the product that is taking the online world by storm right now. It's everywhere. Get rid of unwanted back hair by yourself with Backscape. The water-resistant rechargeable shaver coupled with the long handles lets you take care of business on your own. Shave in any direction with no bumps or cuts. It's easy and it is awesome. Right now, a huge sale going on, 30 to 50% off. Several Rashog family members are getting them for Christmas. Visit Backscape.com, that is B-A-K-Scape.com, and choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. By the way, Struds, I forgot to mention, you and Brownie actually weren't bad the other night. I mean, we all know it wasn't anywhere near what right. it normally is, Right, really. Oh, you guys did a good job, bud. Did you, yeah, did you like having the boss away? Uh, yeah, it was fun. They, like, a lot of comes, there's more zip. So they were saying, I don't know, I don't know what that means. Interpret that as you will, but more, more zip, zip was a common refrain we heard. Zuby, what did you, what did you think of it? Was it a disorganized <laughs> mess? Like, was it a miracle that the whole thing got to air? Like, how, it how was, your end? it was surprisingly organized. It was actually surprisingly organized, but uh, it just, um, you know, there's a, there's a read coming up or something. And all of a sudden I'm looking back to a sheet is like, who, what's, who's doing this? Where's this coming from? Uh, but Strud's nailed them all. I didn't have to, other than, uh, other than us getting a little long at, at times. Yeah. Um, no, it came along really. I wasn't, my heart wasn't beating any faster than it does on a normal night. Good. So well, I'm a little concerned about how well that went without me. It's a good thing. I'm kind of in charge. Otherwise, if I, if there was someone else running this thing, I'm, I might get cut. <laughs> might be squeezed, uh, squeezed out. Yeah, squeezed out. Kay Winter says, let's see that back, Shoggy. He knows that I use Backscape. I won't be doing that, Kay Winter. I'm not afraid to say that I use it, but he ain't going to see it anytime soon, bud. Strutty, let's take a lap, bud. Where are we starting? Well, it continues on. The hitting from behind parade never ends, it seems like. And I, I just can't understand how players can treat other players like this. Um, you know, fighting is one thing or even a slash. But tonight, uh, Nashville against Philadelphia. Morgan Frost is up against the wall trying to make a play. And Trenton comes right in. It is clearly numbers. Clearly numbers. Yeah. That is the first thing we see is the numbers on Frost. Bang. Trenton just hammers him right through. Um, and then, you know, it, it's... What bothers me about it is that Andrew Burnett, and I like Andrew Burnett as a player. I, I think he's a heady coach. But he was upset about a five-minute major call on that play. And uh -huh. I'm like, how can you debate that? You know, how can you say, I get you have to protect your guys, 
but it is clearly from behind. And it just, Morgan Frost hits his head against the wall. And I, I, it's time. Someone has, if, if I were, you know, in the league still, you'd have to be talking to your player rep. That rep would have to be calling up higher. Um, I think the big guys in the league have to stand up and say, we're done with this. It is just, it's because it's just so careless and so dangerous. So on we go, right? I mean, how many, how many do we see, you know, weekly yeah. now? It's like we see at least weekly, Shogger. What did you think of the one that Sportsnet gave the has the James H. Brown hit of the night on the on the telecast tonight? The Kane one was it just me or was that like kind of the numbers again? Well, well, Kane is borderline every time hitting from behind. Now I I'll give Kane Kane is plays on the in the gray area of the roofs. No. Like let's just be honest. I'm not so this isn't an anti-Kane rant at our, our conversation. But he plays in the gray over the rules, and he does hit from behind. We've seen it on Brodine. Um, we've seen him do it with other players. Um, but I it does it. I don't like it. I don't like that. And I, if I was playing against Kane, I'd be very aware he's coming in on me, and a, one of my elbows might accidentally hit him in the head when he's trying to hit me from behind. Like you just, because it's a very dangerous place. So I believe in those situations, a demon has a right to protect himself by any means. I, hmm. I truly believe that because we've seen D-men go flying in the ball boards when they've been tripped, hitting from behind, some bad injuries. So I truly believe that's how I feel when it has that type of a feel to it. Yeah, I, I definitely hated that hit from Trenton. And, and I agree with you on the coach. But, I mean, you're in the moment. You're trying to win a game. You're, you know, you're in a tough spot there. Coaches, it's always going to be their instinct to battle referees anytime they uh you know, anytime uh, they make a call like that. It. It's just in their nature, I guess, right? But uh yeah, I definitely didn't like that one. Would love to see some supplemental discipline for it. We'll see if George Peros and, and his staff finally start to put more of a priority on this because someone's someone's legit, you know, this is this is the most likely way that a player gets significantly hurt the way the game is being played right now. It is well, a what, blind yeah. spot that the league is allowing. What I don't understand is that it was such a, a ruckus race about hits to the heads with good reason. And now the same people that were raising their voices about the hits from the heads are mute when it comes to this. And I think yeah. this is as dangerous as hits to the head. And right now, way more common, way more common. Yeah. All right, let's jump into the next one here. Uh, the Maple Leafs uh, continue their tough season against the Sabres. They've, got, they've played the Sabres twice. They lost twice. They lost 9-3 tonight. Nine goals against on 34 shots for their goalie combo. Uh, now, Wall's out, and so you've got uh, Samsonov, who started, and then you got Marty Jones, who's also jumping in there and playing. And, you know, it's funny. You look at that team, and they're, they're, they're obviously a talented group up in front. They're D. I'm not, I'm not sold. I'm not sure anyone's sold on you've it. You've never been sold on the Leafs, D. No, and I think that they have competent defensemen, but I think they have a pretty big hole in the middle of their D. So I think they have like Morgan Riley, who's a top D. I'm not sure Brody is at that level anymore, but they they don't. Then they kind of drop. I don't know if they have a second pair, but they have players playing up above where they should be. Um, and then they're goaltending. It, so they're it's it's an interesting place that they're at. They're getting goals from Austin Matthews is playing incredibly well. Yeah, he's on but pace Chagra, for seventy just, something. Hey, yeah, they they got to take a look at this goaltending situation and and uh, you know Samsonov. I'm not sure. Last year he was pretty good. This year he's having a tough go. So they, they're interesting, interesting situation for them. I believe they need a D, at least two D, and probably a goalie unless Wall's going to come back and be their guy. 
Yeah, if you want to get through and, and actually compete for a cup, they definitely need to shore up that blue line. The thing about them is they actually have some cap space to play around with, hey, Struddy, because of the whole Klingberg yeah. thing. I mean, they've got some space, and that that it feels like the Tanev thing is kind of fait accompli, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the GM knows them, and he does, he does fit in well with that group. I, I think that he really fits in well, uh, but that's only one. And then you got to figure out another one, and then – you know, the goaltending is, I mean, I I probably feel better about their three goalies and then the Oilers' three goalies. Yeah. Um, and I guess that depends who you think the three goalies for the Oilers are as well. Nick says, free Lagason. Uh, Willie Lagason being an answer there. Uh, how about the one that went in off Samsonov's glove there too? Like yeah. off the glove and trickles in. And I mean, there were some, there were some tough goals there. Uh, man, if you can get a goalie, like what a what a problem around the National Hockey League this year, Strads. Like just a good teams that don't have goaltending and it just turns them into bad teams. Well, it just makes them unpredictable. So you got Oilers, you've got Toronto, you've got Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. You know, off the top of my head, I, I think LA, we spoke about them the other night. You know, not mm -hmm. that they're playing badly, but is that who you're going to go into battle with in the playoffs? Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be fine. Um, but I, I'm going to be very interested to see because where are all these extra goalies coming from, right? Mm -hmm. Where are we? You don't just go to the goalie store and just pop one off the wall and just say, okay, here he is, right? There's only so many. And there could be some competition for some of these guys. All right, that was Taking a Lap, brought to you by our good friends at Backscape. Uh, coming up next, Struddy's World. you give us a hint tonight, Struds, what people want to stick around for? What are we talking We're about? We're sticking on the goalie or... conversation. Goalie oh. conversation oh. with Jack Campbell. We're doing hockey. We are. We are. All We're right. stick on it, yep. I love it. A legit Strutty's World coming up. Stay with us. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> you know, somewhere out there, Rob Brown is tuning in right now for his favorite segment, Struddy's World. We actually got a text from Brownie. Struds, he's like, guys, I'm going to be home a little later than I'm, I'm expected. I'm not available till 9.30. It's like, dude, we, we don't need you yeah. tonight. Yeah, we told him that. We told him. Hey, we got Ray. <laughs> maybe he was, was actually... Maybe he that? was wanting to jump in right now for Stretty's World. That would yeah, have been perfect. Yeah, that might have been it. The chat actually was really funny. I'll call that up afterwards. Time now for Stretty's World, brought to you by Pathfind. When it's time to make the tough decision of employee layoffs including Pathfind outplacement services for your transitioning employee is like ensuring your team always has a solid defense. Help your employees make a seamless transition to their next career goal 
Visit www.pathfind.ca to see how they can assist you in creating a winning game plan for both your company and your valued employees. Ruds? At some point, you have to make a decision where you stand on the goalie debate. There's, it's been raging now for a number of weeks here with Empton Oilers about what's going to happen. What should happen? What sh- who should go? Who should come? And the, the, the big conversation surrounded Jack Campbell. What do you do with Jack Campbell? You know, there's a lot of people say just package up assets and get him out the door. Others that are, are not in favor of that. Others bringing in whoever these goalies. But I've made my decision and I will be standing on this from now on. I believe the course of action for the Oilers is to ride this out with Jack Campbell this year. And then at the end of the year, you buy him out. The buyout looks like this. First year is 1.1 million. Next year, not bad. Then it jumps up to 2.3 million the year after that. Then 2.6. And then 1.5, 1.5, 1.5. I know that's six years. I get that. But I believe that's a, a, a smaller and more reasonable price to pay to get out of the Jack Campbell contract rather than fork over many big assets. And by doing so, you now rid yourself of um, the ability to make other trades, whether it's this year or in subsequent years, we're trying to make a run at, at being a really good team. So guys, I am here to listen to your, your comments, but I believe just park it to the side. You can stay in the minors, buy them out at the end of the year, and you pay that price for the next six years. Yeah, it's, it's going to be so largely debated between now and the trade deadline, especially as long as he continues to be in the American Hockey League. Like, the assets that it's going to cost to move this player struds are just so through the roof. And, you know, the problem is if you want to make a trade this year to make your team better, you might need those assets, right? Whether it's your first-round pick or whether it's Philip Broberg or whatever you might try and do to strengthen your group to take a run at a cup this year, if they're in position to do that, you need those assets to make that trade. But then the other problem is you need cap space, and Campbell is prohibitive to that. So you're kind of pooched if you do because you get rid of the assets and you earn yourself cap space, but then you run yourself out of assets. You're pooched if you don't because now he's just sitting on your cap killing you. They're in a really, really tough spot here. And it honestly makes me wonder if that is the reason why they're not just going to cut bait on them for the entire season. I don't think the bar is going to be very high for Jack Campbell to look like he's got his game back a little bit and to come back at some point. I am not closing the door to that like you potentially are in somebody and and many may be. Yeah, and uh, you know they, we we can go through the conversation whether he's going to come back this year or not come back. But it's 2 years now of of play that is is I shouldn't say 2. It's been a year and a half of play that is not at the level that is expected for a $5 million goalie. And, you know, to, 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 to move that contract for anyone who's saying, I'm sure the, 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 the stream is saying it, trade them out at any cost. Okay. You make that trade. You're not bringing anyone back in. No, no one's coming back because you don't have the assets. You only have so many first rounders, so many top prospects. You can't trade your fourth or fifth prospect along with Jack Campbell and say, okay, they're taking that deal, right? It's going to be so expensive. So, um, could I guess could could you see what he does again next summer and come back to the? I suppose that's a. Well, what's he gonna do? Have a good what? summer, train hard, go see a mental coach, get himself sorted yeah. out. Like they're all the things that he did this summer, 
Yeah. And by the way, came in and won the job opening night because he played so well. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, they might not be done with them this season, but just because they're not done with them this season doesn't right. mean that the buyout isn't coming in the off season, right? You know where I wouldn't mind Jack, Jack Campbell as a backup in the playoffs. I think he does pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember him coming in last year yeah, after a garbage season. Yeah. Yeah. Remember him coming in? Although he did play strong to, stronger towards the end yeah. of the year. Last year would be any other side would welcome the year from Jack Campbell last year compared to what's happening this year with him, right? <laughs> so I think, and I'm not, I don't want the people to think I'm jumping on Jack Campbell and ripping. I'm just being very clear about how I think you play this out if you're the Edmonton Oilers, right? That's just the way it is. And I think the way it should be um, moving forward for him. JL with an interesting suggestion. How about 50% retention on his salary to soften the amount of assets on the way out? What about softening up that trade? Yeah. By, you know, splitting that cap space. So I'll I'll say this. So if you do that for the next three years, it's two and a half million dollars. Okay. Not bad. If you do it my way, it's one, one, two, three, two, six, and one, five, one, five, one, five. So, you know, I guess short term, it's not that different. Uh, you know, long-term, you're out of it quicker as well. So maybe that's the play. But what does that softening look like, right? Yeah. What is what is, what is is so- Softening makes me worried a little bit. Because, But to be fair, if you do that, then he can, they, the next team can throw him in the minors, right, for, then they don't, they don't have to pay half of that 2.5, right? Because of the way it, you retain, retain it. So yeah, yeah maybe, that's the, maybe that's the way out. I hadn't thought about, maybe that's the way out. But full $5 million out the, out the door, pricey. Ooh, pricey. The thing about a uh, J Dub says Strudies is better. He prefers your solution. Um, thing about the buyout too is you got to ask your owner to suck up ten schmill. Well, well, hey, other- how yeah. you feel about ten balloons, bud? Well, well, let's think about this too. You're probably going to have a new GM, and also you have to deal with the Connor Brown situation. So you potentially could have, let's say they max it all out, you could have nearly five million dollars in dead cap space next year, yeah. which is pretty high number huge number a huge that brown contract man if what what needs to happen with connor brown is he needs to find his game find a way to contribute play just okay in a third or fourth line role and then come back on a small deal next year to be a you know fourth line player at you know 800,000 and when you average out the two years, you're like, okay, that's sort of made sense, but not really, but sort of. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's you're still hoping that he turns it around, right? You're still hoping yeah. he finds a way. Um, but like I said earlier, I, I honestly, if they're healthy, I do not change the lineup. I repeat, do not change the lineup for tomorrow. Very good. That was Strutty's World brought to you by Pathfind. Let's get to our Ask Us Anything segment. we got the stream is just hopping right now with lots of good stuff on there. So Zuby has been paying close attention. Uh, it's brought to you by Rini Buclan of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. She is the shark of the park. Serving Sherwood Park, Edmonton, and surrounding area. Let Rini help you navigate the biggest investment of your life, your home. She only works with a select number of clients to give you all the time you need to find the perfect place to call home, rated the top individual agent in 2223, and dozens of five star reviews. If you're thinking of buying or selling or want your home evaluated, give her a call 780-994-0280. That's Rini Buclan, the shark of the park. Zuby, hop on in here, bud. 
Shark of the park. Shark of the park. What uh, what are people saying, man? What's everybody in the mood to talk about here? I'll let you and Struddy kind of let her buck. Uh, certainly lots on the goaltending front. Quickly on the lineup, there were a couple people asking about the health of Derek Ryan and Sam Gagne, and uh, mm-hmm. could either of them be out next game, and then probably you'd end up with Brown back in the lineup if that were the case? Yeah, I think so. Struds like, Gagne didn't look good. I mean... To be fair, I didn't see it. I, I just saw it. It only showed him from behind. I got the sense it was teeth related. I think yeah. it was teeth related. So, you know, get some teeth work done, dental work done. Does he play on that or does he sit out? Like, he's a pretty gritty guy. Um, then Derek Ryan, he kind of just he looked like someone fell or went to hit him when he was kind of falling down. I and missed looked, it because I was, uh, like, prepping scripts in that yeah. last minute. Someone said it was a headshot. I didn't see it, but... Uh, Oh, I, I saw something different. So I might be wrong. I, I might be, okay. might've been something different. So yeah, well, um, the one I saw, I thought it was, he was kind of down and, and he got hit when he was down, but I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Okay. Going all the way back to uh, Mr. McLeod, Shane Matheson says, Shogger, we must give McLeod some props. I think you guys have. Uh, we weren't wrong though. We still need a three C, but maybe we have a new winger. Um, and then there was some mention of, is Dylan Holloway come back as three C? If uh, McLeod stays on the wing. Yeah. And we, we chatted about that a little bit earlier on, like Holloway at center when he's coming back from what he's coming back from, I wouldn't do that. I would just let him come back comfortable and let him play on the wing. Ryan McLeod has the potential to look as good as anybody has in the top six this season. Like he skates, he can skate with those talented guys. I think he's got nice hands, and I think he can make plays. My issues with his game have nothing to do with the speed or the hands. So Strud's him as a winger. Like Nugent Hopkins, out of necessity, moved to the wing because they needed top six forwards, and he was able to transition, and, and his best offensive years have basically come as a winger. Could this be a long-term fit for Ryan McLeod? I don't know, man. And yeah, what's easier to go get, a third-line center or a top six forward? Uh, those are both that everybody wants. <laughs> mm-hmm. That and a top four D. Um, I'll say this: Listen, if you're going to come, if if the, if he came back tomorrow, he was healthy tomorrow. I would put him with Kane on the left, Yanmark in the middle, Holloway on the right. That would be my. So line. now you're playing him on his off wing. Yeah, that's right. But you got to figure it out, son. <sighs> figure it out because if 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 McLeod is up up front, if he's on the top six, that's where he's at, right? Um, it's, if I'm, I'm bumping. If I'm bumping McLeod up into the top six and Holloway's back, I'm going like Holloway, Yanmark, and Fogel. That's that's what I would be looking to do. Guys that, you know, Yanmark and Fogel, you could make the argument, can both be third-line players. And I think Holloway can be a third-line left winger. I think Yanmark, over a 15-game stretch, I think Yanmark probably does a better job for you at 3C than Derek Ryan. I'd agree. Just where yeah. their stage of career is at, right? Yeah. Uh, Zoomers? Everybody lost an ego, um, just sort of suggesting. He said he's liked uh, McLeod with dry saddle dating back to last year. He says Leon needs faster players, then he'll skate harder. Do you think a little bit of a little more speed with Leon encourages him as opposed to say playing with Kane, who is not the fleetest of foot? <laughs> he wasn't looking. He wasn't looking at all frustrated through two periods. Hey, strides dry yeah. saddle. Yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. No, so okay. I, 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 I'll look at it from the other way. When I'm defending against Leon Drysaddle, it's and I'm not too worried about the speed on the wings. It's different. When I'm worried about the speed on the wings, 
Now I'm worried about Leon making plays or skating around me and the speed on the wing. So there's a lot going on in that situation. What Kane does when Kane's really effective, he's finishing checks. And there's some of that tonight, right? Getting in there and finishing checks, causing turnovers. And now you get the puck and now it's like a half court offense. The old ground and pound that we saw from uh, Connor's line and we haven't seen enough from a line that's been put together with Leon. Yeah. Zuby? Um, Braden Johnson asks, uh, how much does a coach going to you when you're struggling help boost your confidence? Streds, you never struggled, but maybe you'd have something to say about that. Yeah. He says, I think that's a key difference in coaching style is a willingness to go back to struggling players. But at some point you have to go back to them, right? Players go up and down. There's going to be struggling over the course of the year. But I think it's the messaging, right? The messaging when you're struggling, like, hey, man, we believe in you. We're going to help you through this. Let's look at some video. Let's do some extra shooting after practice or whatever the case is. The goalies, I think, are really different. So we're not going to include that in this conversation. But I do think that the messaging um, when a player is down, rather than kicking him when he's down, try to lift them up uh, when he's down. Now, it's hard sometimes, um, especially when a player isn't working hard enough. You know, maybe you have to give him a little, little bit of the, of the stick rather than the carrot. Yeah. My uh, little junior story. The one season I played, Strudz, we went into the playoffs. I sat the entire first round series, like didn't get a sniff <laughs> in an entire series against the Seattle Thunderbirds. And then the first three games of the second round, I sat out as well. Coach made a change in game four. And so I had been sitting for like, it <laughs> felt like forever. Yeah. And, uh, but I remember he had a conversation with me before I went in. And he was like, I know you haven't been playing much, but we like what you did during the regular season. We believe in you. Just see what you can give us. And it, it actually meant a lot to me, that conversation he had with me before I went in after sitting out all that time, because at least, you know, they're thinking about you a little bit, which, which he was. And, and I, I, you know, not, I ended up scoring in the next two games. So it was like, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I kind of know that feeling of sitting there just waiting and waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden you're like, what? And for, so for Adam Ernie tonight, I, I like that, man. I loved seeing him go in there and score that goal in that big moment. And, you know, he had family there. It was pretty awesome, man. I really liked seeing that for him. Doesn't look good for Connor Brown, though, when a guy who hasn't played in a month goes in and scores, right? Like that really, yeah. that's a hard one because he knows, he knows who he was pulled for, right? That's really hard. And yeah. Ernie does not deserve to come out of the lineup. Does not. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he doesn't know that he's frozen, Zuby. Should yeah, you tell him that his video is frozen? <laughs> we just his let it be. stuck in his mouth. Um, frozen. We can still hear you. I can just see his his connection just dropped off a little bit, so he'll be back. That's okay. Let's this keep going. That's a good look. A heck at least a it's not his middle finger pointing at all of yeah. us, like when he's putting Chopstick. on. His, okay, let's go. A oh, couple wait. more, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Um, K. Gill says, uh, but do you really think our two? Let's expand it and say our three the the three or four goalies the Oilers currently employ. Uh, are good enough to get us to the all-star break. Friedman thinks that's when the team makes a move. To the all-star break. Yeah, that's interesting. Strudz, are you still there? Oh, yeah, I got me, yeah. Yeah, you go ahead and take that one, bud. Yeah, I, I well, the all-star break, I mean, I guess it depends how the team plays, right? If you're having success, if you're winning, that's a really good thing. Um, it's it's a sensitive move. When when can you make a move? Who And who's available? Like, who can you make? Who can you get? And what yeah. are you getting? I don't believe that current mix is good enough for a long playoff run. So it has to be addressed at some point. I, I'll let Elliot Freeman decide when that is, though. <laughs> Last but, one, Zoobs. Okay. Um, I want to do – this one's quick, and then I want to do a Christmas thing, too. So Bison okay, Mask Guy says, um, is Ben Gleason just up here getting NHL pay for Christmas purchases? When does he get to play? Tonight, it seemed like tonight might have been the night to, to put him in there, but I don't know who would come out. 
Nope, 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 nope. That's exactly why he is here. He will play when someone gets hurt and no sooner, Strudz. Well, if both guys can't play and then you put Brown in and you need another guy, Gleason plays and maybe gets yeah. a shift or two, then that's it. Like, yeah, the, the, this is clearly the, the writings on the wall. Those six are the Oilers' D-men. And Ben Gleason is doing this so that Philip Broberg doesn't have to. Ben Gleason is the player that you do this with. No disrespect to him, but the guy has worked hard, had a great camp. He's earning the paychecks that he's pulling, Struds. And for a guy in that position, the difference between an NHL paycheck and an AHL oh. paycheck, Struds, like just put that into perspective how he's probably still skipping through the hotel lobbies. Oh, he's so happy about you getting per diem, <laughs> getting to live the NHL life. Like it's great. Like the NHL, playing in the American League sucks. I, I'll just say it. I don't understand how guys stay there forever. It sucks. It's not good. Then you get to the NHL like this is amazing. I never want to go back. So I'm, I'm assuming at some point Ben will go back. But for the short term, he's having a great life, right? He's making this extra cash and can help set himself up in some ways. Okay. All right, let's go Christmas caliber here, Zuby. This is my last show with you, you guys before Christmas, so I wanted to squeeze Aww. this one in. On, okay, a, on a scale of Grinch to Griswold, um, what is the level of exterior illumination at each of your homes? And I will say that Grinch is zero and Griswold's like an 11 because he, he went past 10. I'm in the neighborhood of the Griswold. I'm not at Griswold. I'd say I'm like a 7, 8. I have a 12-foot uh, or 14-foot Santa. I've got lights up. I have a little drummer boy, even though I hate that song, <laughs> up outside. I've got four dogs hanging out. I've got I've got a lot. I'm very proud. And our Christmas tree is right in our front window. Like, our house looks good. Not to toot my own horn too much. I actually, I actually have the Grinch out front. So we have a little Grinch that is in the, you know, hammered down into the grass it looks like he's stealing Christmas lights off the side of our house. So he's got Christmas lights over his shoulder and we've got a spotlight on him. So there's that. We got the icicles hanging on the upper level. And then we've got uh, a, red, a, a purple and green and blue combination around the bulk of the house. But uh, I think the Grinch is a nice little accoutrement. It's simple. Um, right. But it's, I think we're, I think we're doing okay. We're representing not too shabby. So what's the How about number? you? Like, what's the number? Are you one to 11? What are you? Oh, no, you'd look at our house and go, like, one to ten, you'd look at our house and go, oh, they're like a five or a six. Oh, that's pretty good. Like, okay. not overdoing it in any way, shape, or form. Zuby, how about so, you? So Just the little tiny ones to impress, Zuby. Yeah, so, Stretty, your, your Santa and your those that you referenced, those are you of the inflatable type? Yeah, inflatable, oh, yeah. Okay, because I didn't know when you saw the footage of my house at Halloween, if I didn't know if you were sassing me or you actually liked my inflatables. Because we go oh, heavy on the on the inflatables. We're right across the street from uh, from my daughter's elementary school. <laughs> that looks good. Right? <laughs> I'll catch a freeze frame of it. Oh, my other hand. This will be. I'll get this freeze frame for later. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm in the neighborhood of an eight. We mine's gotten a little out of hand. We've got seven or eight inflatables, and I keep adding new ones every year. And floodlights, and I got one of those Govi curtains with that like does patterns and stuff like that. It's pretty sweet. I'll, I'll take a little video. Maybe I can. Uh, I'll I'll take a, a little video. Maybe I can send it to Steve to insert uh, tomorrow to tomorrow's shows or something. We could do that. Could be the uh, the poll question tomorrow. Who's who gets closest to Griswold of their houses? No, it's it's Duh. fun. Yeah, love to impress the you know love to do it for the kids. They they're proud. They love it that that's their house. So that's a lot of fun. But I'm a kid at heart, so I love all yeah. This Christmas the Doctor Carpy says, which one of your family set up your light shogger? I did it all by myself, bud. I know how to do things. I've got a full garage full of different tools and I know what all the names are and I know exactly what they all do, Struds. You too, right? 
Oh no, no, no! I I bring someone in to do it. A fireman puts them up. <laughs> I don't even pretend. Okay, that was Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Rini Buclan. Time to wrap the pod with our gem of the day, brought to you by Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sports, United Sport and Cycle. The final days before Christmas. I was in there the other day. They took phenomenal care. My son Noah was in town, needed some hockey gear, wants to play a little bit of rec hockey when he's living out in Saskatoon. So uh, they took unreal care of us. They found them some great skates. Uh, they got really good deals on right now. And the staff is incredibly knowledgeable. So it's just an awesome place to go. They can answer all your questions. We love it there. That is United Sport and Cycle. Struds, gem of the day. I'm taking this one. Zuby, uh, did you, you got my text right on what it was. You got the picture? I do, yeah. Just one sec, yeah. Gem of the day goes to Connor McDavid. Don't know if you saw it on Twitter or not. The Oilers tweeted it. Pride night happening. And there's the Oiler captain with pride <laughs> skating around with the pride tape on his stick. So gem of the night goes to Connor McDavid representing. I believe Zach Hyman did as well. I'm not sure if there were other Oilers or not, but we saw the captain with the pride tape tonight. Struds? Yeah, that's fantastic. Nice, nice move by Connor making his voice heard without saying anything neil garrity comes in and says i just got here did anyone point out that mcleod scored two goals yeah neil we did we talked a lot about ryan mcleod tonight so you'll have to back up the podcast and uh, listen we actually started the podcast with ryan mcleod feels good to talk about a solid game from ryan mcleod i don't love piling on the guy i've hated it so far this year and a big night from him makes a big difference for the orders struds thanks pal much appreciated yeah, I'll hear you guys tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow, I mean. Okay, and Zuby, we will not talk to you until after the Christmas break, my friends. So fantastic work. We love you to death, pal. You do great work here on Got Your Back. Merry Christmas to you and your family, my friend. Thank you. Same to you guys. I was I was trying to get something up here. Oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you make the big bucks, Zuby. Jeez. Oh, that is spectacular. Wow. Zuby with a secondary gem of the day late here in the podcast big thanks for all your downloads and your subscriptions thanks for joining us we are going to drop a podcast tomorrow night but steve taylor will be at the helm with that one and we may just wait for brownie to do that one our final one before the christmas break have a great finish to your evening or a great friday if you're listening to this in podcast form and we will talk soon cheers everybody